thing that was prompted is like, he said, sing this song. I said, oh, sing this song. I haven't sung this song for well over 10 years. Do I still remember um, the words? So I quickly searched the lyrics. And um, I'm just going to sing this um, to you. Um, please connect with the words. Holy Lord, you are the life in me. Your love is all I need. You are my God and King. You are forever holy. Holy Lord, you are the life in me. Your love is all I need. You are my God and King. You are forever holy. God of boundless universe, Lord who shaped me from my birth, you are there, you are there. In the glory of the stars, the vast cathedral of my heart, you are there, you are there. I'm never left on my own, carried in the arms of your power, I go on. Until the night becomes the dawn, your love is life to me. You are my destiny. Carry on, carry on. Your love is life to me. You are my destiny. Carry on, carry on. God rules the sky and sea. Comes the storms that rage in me. Carry on, carry on. Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, Lord who gives me sense of worth. Carry on, carry on. Yes, Lord, carry on, O oh God. Lord, planted within us, Lord, there is this holiness. Everything that we do and be, oh Lord, comes out of that holiness in us, Lord. You dwelling within us, oh God. Father, even as we um, going to establish this culture, oh Lord, if us begin from our hearts, oh Lord, our oneness, with you and in you, oh God. This culture of prayer, oh God. A culture of, of just beholding you, talking to you, and listening to you, and allow you into this sacred place within our heart. We carve this time, oh God, and just begin to listen to you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? 
um, two weeks ago, I was talking about um, my house shall be a house of prayer. And in the last week, um, then I, I, I knew I need to talk about the culture of prayer. And two weeks ago, I was talking about we, we uh, upon this church, our, our, upon this rock, I will build my church, right? The church is not a building, it's not a synagogue, it's not just a people congregating together. He's talking a people that's been called out of darkness into the light. Amen? And, and, and this church, this culture... That his, uh, and and when, when we hear, my house shall be a house of prayer, what do you hear? What do you perceive? Many of us come out of a religious background, uh, even that as we have been on the journey of seeking God, loving God, we, we carry with us on this journey a lot of um, mindsets that still can't quite uh, take us to that place. We're doing a lot of things that if I pray more, if I fast more, then I'll be holier. And we, f- we forget that when, when we accept Christ into our heart, holiness enters within us. And, and there are things that we pray and we fast not because we need to be more holy. We are already holy. We are just uncovering who we are. We are getting rid of things that come in the way of discovering who we really are. From the foundation of the world, we were created in His image, wrapped in love. Because God is love. We were wrapped in that love because security causes us to do things out of where, who we are. Sometimes when we do not know who we are, we begin to do things and be something and someone that hoping that something and someone will love me a bit more because of insecurity. Now God restores us back to that oneness. And as I was saying, Lord, you, you led me to this, you know, um, you uncovered something, help me, help me. And, 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 and suddenly it just popped up, John 17. As I was reading John 17, I was like, whoa, wow. It wasn't like, oh, I, I, I did search, but then it was in my mind, John 17. Imagine a, a multi-billionaire say that, you know, I'm dying now. I want to show you a secret of my success. I want to get, let you into the secret. Who would like to be there and say, yes, come on, take me, let me in. But Jesus let us into this place of oneness with God from the passage John 17. You know, I have, he prayed, he prayed from this place and said, I have finished my work now, okay? Glorify me so that I will glorify you. Sometimes you want to glorify me, God, so that I feel good. If we cast out a demon, did you see that? I cast out a demon. I'm more powerful. I'm holier than thou. I have more authority. But Christ came and said, demolish all the works and say that you have the authority. You, 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 you are all loved and have the authority. Amen? And, and um, out of that place, we begin to do and be. So out of this culture, you know what? We, we, hear, we heard this saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah? 
You know what? It takes a people of God, a church family, to build a prayer culture. When he said, my house shall be a house of prayer, what do you hear? I was wrestling, I was wrestling, you know. I just kind of pulled it into one line. I was thinking, oh, and I got Kev to help me. And I said, okay, you do your work, let me do mine. I don't distract you. You got lots on your plate. I talk, um, you know, and, 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 and I was like, suddenly it just came to me. He said, come away, dot, 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 and be one with me. If we remove everything, it's a come away. Come away from what? Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Come away approving yourself. Come away from this thought that continuously knocking at your door. Come away from self-defeating thoughts. Come away from accusative uh, no, statements that have been made about you, come away, come away, and come away and be one with me. Doesn't mean that we are love, we don't do things, because Jesus, read, if you haven't read John 17, um, please do. You know, every time you do, he seems to be peeling something, he being be, uh, uh, intimately, uh, let me intertwine with one of the truths. That is the powerful Powerful truth. You know, in the heaven, the, whole, the angels saying, holy, 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 holy. So my goodness, how boring is that? How long is this holy, holy going to be? Because every time they turn into some facet of God, wow, whoa, oh my, he was speechless. All they could say, holy, he's complete. And he's inviting you and I into that place. Be ye holy, for I am holy. So we, we, we come to this place. Oh, I need to do more so that I be holier. He said, no, no, no. You're already one with me. Come and be. Come and be. Be one with me. And discover the holiness that is already in you. So yeah, he, he, Jesus said that this I finished the work you carved out for me. So there is a work. The Bible does say that there is a task for every one of us. But we are doing it out of the place of intimacy. And I just very quickly go back to he, he, when John 17, 11, verse 11 said that, so that you, they can be one just like we are one. And he didn't stop at verse 11. Verse 21, verse 22 Verse 23, oh my, for him to repeat three other times in the same passage. The verse 23 that they will completely be united. Not just one with God, it's like with one another. There is power when we are one in God. You know, the enemy will will do every trick, everything to disconnect us, cause distraction to, so that we not, will not be united. And nothing stops Jesus. The unity is so that others will see and believe in who? Jesus. Believe not in us, not in our words, in Jesus. And then he finished 
he finished it with this. Verse 25, the last verse, I have made you known to them and will continue, will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me be in them and that I myself may be in them. It is this love. When you feel love, you feel secure, right? There is no proving of who I am. It melts away. In the perfect love, it casts out all fear. All fear. And we will not function out of fear because fear causes us to live less. And fear causes us to try to engineer things to live more than we should. So God in us, if you have invited Jesus, you're in this relationship with Jesus, He is in you, holiness dwells in you. You are holy. So you know what? So in this prayer culture, um, I was started to pray, Lord, how can we saturate your house, your people with this culture? It takes every one of us to help build this culture, to help raise what is in God's heart, the spring firstly out of His heart, our relationship first with Him, right? And, and you say, okay, there are people, do you know what? Jesus demonstrated perfectly that unity. Sometimes it's not just with people, among the people, it's within ourselves. We are holy. How can we, our mind and our emotion, begin to be trained to be one with the Spirit? The Spirit dwells within us, but our minds go one way, our emotion goes the other, right? And it's powerful. Jesus, at the time before, just before he fulfilled the task that he was sent to do, right? Out of love, for well, God so loved the word, he sent Jesus. And Jesus came and he, he summoned, he said, he asked the disciples, come and pray with me. Do you remember the passage? He turned around and said, can't you even tarry one hour with me? The people that he spent his three years pouring his life into could not even tarry with him for one hour. That did not stop him dead, right? That, and he prayed, and, and he was in a place of agony, right? But his spirit, his mind, his soul was one with the holiness of God, with who God is, with who he was, he is in Christ. In the Lord, in the Father. So we cannot say, so-and-so didn't do this, so-and-so did this. That's why I am where I am. Right? Christ, nothing stopped him despite and in spite of his disciples weren't even there to tarry with him the very last hour. That did not stop him. And then he was one. And he agonized on, Father, if it's possible, remove this cup from me, but not my will. Yours be done. So in wanting to raise, I was thinking, mm, 
I deliberately, I just do not want to begin something that we have to, or religiosity, you know, set the platform right in this house. I don't want to worry about some other house. In this house, right? How does it look like? Where does it, what is the basis and the foundation of this prayer culture? It's John 17. And there are five things that we are running because we are guilty too. Sometimes we can do things and we want people to come on board, but they don't really know what it's all about. Well, oh, somebody do that. Oh, so-and-so do this, you know. Um, so so we, I would like to lay it out so that every one of us know what is happening in this house? Who is overseeing things? Who is doing what? Who is leading? We're empowering. We're equipping. I'm not the one to do that. I may set out the, you know, the but everyone, God has given everyone a gift, right? The fivefold ministry, everyone has a gift, you know, a, a call to equip. So I'm so thankful. I'm sure at the leadership, we are so thankful for the men and women of God that God has sent into this house that with great love for Him. And they're being empowered. Um, can I just see a picture, Sally? You know what? The, um, no, the, the picture. Okay. All these five things has been said. Are this a framework? A trellis? You know that the trellis, next, the trellis is our guidelines and framework to help to fulfill the purpose, right? Right? So it's just to provide that, to guide and to provide the framework. There's no control, right? It, that is just to. Um, so these five guidelines, that um, five uh, things that will be running out of this place. Yeah. He said, my house of prayer. When you hear my house of prayer, my call that one, come into the intimacy with me. Come and talk to me. The, the, the line, come away and be one with me. The, the first thing that I want to share is a corporate prayer. Every Wednesday night, 7.30 to 8.30, right here in the auditorium. You know, we beginning from March onward. Last Wednesday, as we were praying, I was telling the team, I said, I said oh, from March onward, we will start this. And John was really sweet. He said, oh, we are marching onward. <laughs> March onward. <laughs> March onward in prayer, in relationship. Yeah, that's, that was so sweet. So, um, so, so from when 7.30 to 8.30, we will march onward, right? <laughs> Listening prayer. Listening prayer, tarry in God's presence every first and third Wednesday. And I thank God for Ian and Anne. Can I invite you as you? And, and just explain what does that look like? What is that? Yeah. Um, that first and third Wednesday. Um, you may notice that... Uh, Krista mentioned the word tarrying, that uh, Jesus said, you can't tarry with me. Well, 
this is tarrying in God's presence, resting in God's presence. And that's a really old term, that word tarry, but it's an important term because it means that you don't just visit, you stay in God's presence. And I'll tell you, the format will work like this. As we rest in his presence, that is, sit, stand, lie, lean against the wall or however you want to do it, (laughs) Uh, with quiet music playing, we listen to what God is telling us through the Holy Spirit. Not just listening to what uh, we heard during the week or someone else said, but listening to what God is saying to us. Now, I think David Tenson spoke last week about how when you're sent in centering prayer, you've got to center on something. Well, in this case, we're centering on God, what God is saying to us. And quite often things come into our mind like, oh, I forgot to pick up that from the supermarket this week. <laughs> all, all these things come into our mind. Well, what we do is we bring with us a pen and a journal. So you might like to write down that memory of going to the supermarket to pick it. Now that's dealt with that. So you've dealt with that. Now we listen to God. While we're listening to God, we may get a, a word of knowledge, we may get a, a scripture reading, we may get a poem, we may get a song, we may get a picture. You can write that down in your journal. And then at the end of the, the night, we will share with one another what we have, what we have got from the Lord so that it will bless someone. And it may be something for the church, but it may also be f- something for someone that's there that night. So that's basically um, what we do on that night. And, and I want to say to you, I was listening to um, Kevin Connor this week, the late Kevin Connor, and he spoke about uh, the fact that the church, he, he believed that the church in our day and age now is the church of the Laodiceans. And the Laodicean church was the church that was neither hot nor cold, but was lukewarm. I believe that this church is not lukewarm. I believe that we are in the process of becoming white hot, if you like. Because prayer brings the fire of God upon us so that we can bring the fire of God to the people that we meet around us. So I would encourage you to come if you can on that night. The more that come, the most, you'll find it's amazing what God reveals to you and how similar it is to what someone else has got. That God just absolutely floods the place with his presence. So please come. Thank you, Ian and Ian. Yeah. And then the next fortnight, second and the fourth, we have 
decorative, prophetic, petition, thanksgiving, warfare. And, and that night, as the Lord leads, we will have different leaders, you know, to lead that night. It's wonderful, isn't it? Really get us back to hearing what is God saying? What, where is He leading? Rather than you do this, you do this, you do this, you know, and, and one person run by a single person. But yes, God has given us faithful, mighty men and women of God in this house. So everyone will be assigned, um, different one will be assigned to lead. And then every Sunday at 9.45 to 10.15 at Acacia Room. Where is that? This is right next to the car park, downstairs. Yeah, I invite you to come and begin to come and join us at 9.45 to 10.15. Then we come up here. All right, next slide, please. And another thing is the prophetic prayer team. This happened every Sunday after church. After church, there will people be praying. And this, uh, it, the Bible says that the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And this group of people have been trained uh, with the prophetic training. And, and they will want to hear from the Lord and as to what they see, what they, you know, more than just praying for you and really speak a word of, a word that will encourage and strengthen and bring comfort to your setting. Amen? Uh, that is every Sunday of the church that have been rostered. Next, please. An intercessory prayer team. It consists of our leaders and others who have signed up to stand in the gap in prayer. Right, and it's, it's a, an act. What is intercessory? It is an act of praying to God on behalf of others. On behalf of our land, of our country. I look for someone among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. In Ezekiel 22 verse 30. And, it's, and in Psalms 35 13, says, I even prayed over them when they were sick. I was a burden and bowed low with fasting and interceded for their healing. And I didn't stop praying. The intercessory group, as something will, uh, a message will be sent uh, to the intercessory group. Okay, there is this situation. You know, there's this and that. Can you pray? And, and it's not a time that we pray leisurely. We engage. We engage in warfare right now. We engage in petition, right? It's a request before the Lord. Next, please. And next is the healing rooms. Exciting, exciting. We've been talking about this. And, and healing rooms is once a month, the fourth Friday of each month from 12.30 to 2.30 by appointment only. Um, Penelope will be facilitating that. Can I invite Penelope, please come and share? Yes, I've seen the miraculous healing power of God at work in my own life, um, in physical healing in emotional and mental healing and in spiritual healing. Obviously, I've been, been um, with the Lord for decades, 30-odd um, years. And, but all through that time, God has shown me um, particularly what Jesus did in the way of healing and it's been a, a calling on my life, the healing ministry of Jesus. And he healed instantaneously. He healed progressively and sometimes... The healings took more prayer before they came into being. But he said in John 14, 12, I think it is, that uh, I tell you the truth, if you are in me, then uh, you will do even greater works than I have done. 
And then the disciples, after Jesus went to the Father, uh, did what Jesus was doing, continued on that healing work. And then the word says that they were assisted by the Holy Spirit to do that. They didn't do that until they had the Holy Spirit's power working in them. And that was followed by signs and wonders. Um, So I'm expecting to see miracles. I'm expecting to see God's release of healing and life into people. That's my passion. That's my heart. Ever since I came to Casey City Church seven years ago, um, I've had a vision to set up a healing ministry here. And what I have been setting up uh, as I've stepped that out, um, it hasn't worked out how uh, I wanted it to and there hasn't been a consistency. So late last year at Pastor Krista's encouragement, release and uh, empowering and, and facilitating this calling and this gifting, I sat down with the Lord and I said, okay, Lord, I give up my vision of how it's supposed to look. What do you see? And he downloaded healing rooms. And then I found out that Pastor Larry had already had a vision of healing rooms here after he'd seen it many years ago, was it, in the States, in America. And so it all coming together. So now uh, we have a a wonderful team of people, just one team at the moment, so we're just keeping it in-house just for our... Fellowship. So if you're an ongoing part of Casey City Fellowship, then uh, you're welcome to um, use my contact details to uh, ring me and set up an appointment. And you'll be directed to come here to church and you'll be greeted by one of the team when you arrive. You'll fill in a little bit of paperwork and then you'll be led into a, a private, gentle, safe space where we've already prayed in the presence of God and... Uh, we allow you to share what your healing need is and then we wait on God, the power of God, what he wants to do within you to bring about healing because Jesus healed in different ways, never did it the same way twice and it's unique to you but God heals and then he he also gives pictures or um, words of scripture, might be a song, Uh, It might be, um, it could be whatever. God knows what it is that you need. And we're there to facilitate God's healing word to you. It takes around about 20 minutes on average and uh, and then at the end you'll receive just notes about those scriptures or whatever God's given you. And we'll give you some information on how to walk that out and how to stand on your healing. And if you need to come back, then it's progressive. That's fine. You need to come back, then feel free to book in for another time. And we're happy to pray with you as many times as you would like. Uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank you, Penelope, and thank you for the team. If you need to s- find out more about, about uh, listening prayer, talk to Ian and Anne, and, and come go and see Penelope about it. And next one that we are starting is... Um, um, fast and prayer, day of fast and prayer. Every Wednesday, we are dedicating Wednesday as a house, Casey City Church. That we pause in the middle of the week and fast and pray. A day we set aside, giving up things we have a right to for the sake of experiencing God's presence. Remember, this is a trellis, right? Um, and I, I just want to read you a little 
um, fi uh, findings uh, um, that I have found. The benefit of fasting is just not just spiritually, the great benefit to physical health too, right? There's, you know, fasting will what? One, rest the digestive system, allow, to allow for cleansing and detoxification of the body, and then create a break in eating pattern, and then promote greater mental clarity, cleanse and heal stuck emotional patterns lead to a feeling of physical lightness, increasing energy level, promote an inner stillness, enhancing spiritual connection. That's great. And, and how, how are we to fast? This booklet was uh, designed to give us for our last fast and prayer, but it doesn't stop at our last fast and prayer. It's a guideline in point form. You know, why? What is fasting? Why do we fast? What do we do? Uh, uh, what do we fast from? And you hear God. We don't dictate that. It can be full fast. You say it can be absolutely fast, partial fast, certain meals or certain foods, media fast, things which distract us from God. And how they are, how to prepare for fasting, what do you do during a fast? All simple form to help us. These are the trellis that help support and guide. And, and we are here to come and talk to us if you need to. And another thing is that fasting is a wonderful antidote for our usual overindulgences. There's nothing wrong with enjoying our food. But excess food on a continuous basis does create a burden for the body. When it must handle more than is comfortable and appropriate for it, it will suffer. Imagine at work how you feel when you are handed a huge workload, more than you can handle in your 8 to 10 hour uh, day, more than is comfortable and appropriate for your job title. You are under duress, but you will cope. You must cope. You must make decisions. You attend to the most important and urgent of matters and set aside those that can wait for another day. This is what our bodies do when they are overworked. They tuck things away for another day. Whatever task can be postponed will be and more work is dumped on them at every meal or snack time whether they are ready or not. This is why fasting is a beautiful gift you give to yourself, a vacation for your weary, overworked, underappreciated body. During fasting, we rest our system from the constant onslaught of foodstuffs. We usually think of food as giving us energy. So it can be a new way of thinking to understand how the food we eat actually requires energy. Digesting, assimilating, and metabolizing, these activities require a great deal of energy. It is estimated that 65% of the body's energy must be directed to digestive organs. <laughs> Every meal. Right? So, free up this energy and it can be diverted to healing and recuperation. It can detox and repair cells, tissues, and organs, eliminating foreign toxin as well as the natural metabolic waste, which are also toxins, produce 
even by our healthy selves. And this is what the body will do during a fast. It will take advantage of that time and energy to do something, how to do some house cleaning. The overloaded, overworked system, unable to properly handle all the toxins, has been storing any excesses in the tissues where they can be dealt with later. This is one of the great health benefits of fasting in that it offers this opportunity to play catch-up. Fasting itself isn't necessarily a cure for anything. What it does is set the stage or create the environment in which healing can occur. Our bodies know how to heal themselves. We just have to get out of the way. And this means on all levels of our being, fasting has a way of rebalancing this as all those, on all those levels. And it is naturally the benefit it is to us spiritually, right? Getting things out of the way. Retuning our ability, our awareness um, to hear God, right? Getting our spiritual life on the bounds again, right? And awaken something within us. So, um, these are the five things. Let us quickly go through again. It's the corporate prayer. Is uh, on every first third a listening prayer, Terry in God's presence, and then uh, the other fortnight, uh, a prayer by different leaders, and then next will be the um, prophetic team. They are aware why they are here, so they understand their function. And we, and next one, intercessory prayer team, um, healing rooms next, uh, and then day of fast and prayer on a Wednesday. Now, it doesn't stop at Wednesday. It's just as a household, hey, it's quite comforting. Today, everyone in my family are pausing to hear God, you know, and then not just on Wednesday, midday. Pause several times in the day and invite God into that space. Yeah, sometimes midday, I would just sit on my chair and just, wow, God, ponder on His goodness, ponder on who He says I am. Right? And um, con- be very contemplative. Um, so if as a household, as a people begin to set this culture, what happened? What is evident when you walk into a culture? You, oh my, you can feel it. Right? You can feel it. These are the people just love God, hear from God. They speak from the heart of the Father. Heart that is so secure and so loved. Amen? Yeah. Um, if you have any question, uh, if you want to be part of any of this, come and see me, all right? Um, see one of our leaders uh, in this house. Um, and if you need, you require prayer, you know where to go. Once a month, there's healing rooms. We have soaking where, where you find it hard on your own to cultivate that contemplation, that centering. Hey, Ian and Ann here, they can help you. Yes. Okay, and, and we are here, part and, power, uh, part and parcel of the prayer culture. We stand with you, healing rooms, for your healing, right? So that you can come into that real connection and awareness of who you are. Because it's in that place that we are very powerful. Amen? 
Amen. Yeah, um, so, yep. Yep, that's it. And, and remember, my house of prayer. Uh, come away. Hear him telling you, come away. Come away. From what? Come away. And be one with me. And I encourage you to read John 17. It's a powerful secret, powerful demonstration, powerful foundation and platform of our relationship, a guide. All right? Amen. Praise God. One very last thing is that I encourage the connect groups to, to do a study on, on John 17 and, and, and um, glean out of um, John 17. And, and our connect group was uh, really reconnecting this last week. We didn't get to do that. But then I want to invite um, Brian. I want to call him John. <laughs> uh, Brian and uh, Brian, Tracy, and a team with Stephen, Yvonne, and uh, Ian and Anne uh, are overseeing the connect groups. Um, and uh, Brian and Tracy leading the connect group. And uh, out of the connect group, I say, hey, come and share some insight that you glean from the connect groups. Um, yep. Thanks, Krista. <laughs> you know, we talk about a culture um, and... A few years back, Tracy and I went on a um, on a went to Fiji. And we did some cruise a cruise through the Fijian Islands, and um, it was great to be. You know, you go into into Fiji, and it's nice to see all the good things. But as we cruised through the the islands, that went into the different places on the uh, and actually went into their, their where they live, the culture actually saw the culture of the land. It was so much better. As soon as you walked onto the off the off the boat onto the shore, you felt something so much different. Because you were in a culture, in their culture, you saw how they lived and what they did, and it seemed so much more real to us. And and this culture of prayer, as we're trying to to create a culture in the church of prayer, we want people to to when they walk in to feel the, the the genuineness of what. It's not something we just put on that we're going to have prayer and it's going to be it's going to be here for a little while. Culture is something that's there forever. It's who we are. It's our makeup. And, and prayer is not something that we, you know, how many times have we was brought out on, on our connect group is not how many time or how much time per day do you pray? Do you spend a half an hour in prayer? An hour in prayer? And Trace brought out, well, it's not about how much time you spend in prayer because we should be in prayer with God all day. And we don't have, it's not, a, it's not something where we think, well, what am I going to do? How am I, gonna, how am I going to spend an hour in prayer? It's not about that at all. Man, when you go to work and you, you just happen to have that, that moment of, of, Lord, just help me here, that's prayer. It's about having that culture. You live it. And, and you know, that oneness, that becoming one with God. We, we looked at John 17, but we also looked at, uh, at John um, 15 and verse 5. And it talked about, and I'll just read it out, out of the, out of the passage, passage translation. It says, I am the sprouting vine as... You're the branches, or you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, faithfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your, life, when your lives bear abundant fruit, 
you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. This life union. And when we start to understand what prayer is all about and the culture of prayer, what it's all about, and as we discussed it, it's, you know, we, we, tend to, we, become to, we come to realize that it's not about we asking God to provide us and to give us something, but we begin to, we begin to speak into existence the thoughts and the plans that God has already planned for us. Thank you.